Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Peter says, here's how you can say thank you to God. Make sure that you're loving people believers and unbelievers. Everyday life includes all kinds of people. You know that. Some people are generous and they're kind. They're easy to love. They're easy to please people. But there's some other kinds of people. You know them. They're difficult to please. They're negative. They're cranky. Some people are just hard to love. Don't turn to your spouse now because I don't have time for marriage counseling. We all know how hard it can be to love people with the attitude of Jesus, especially when they are not trying to be lovable. The Bible tells us, though, that while we were still sinners opposed to and hating on some level, Jesus died for us. And while we may not be called to die for anyone, it's clear from Scripture that we're supposed to be willing to do so. Pastor Mark, in teaching from 1 Peter, will be reminding us of the importance of having the attitude that Christ had when the decision was made to use him to redeem us. It's critical that we learn this lesson. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 1. With part three of his message, God's blessing motivates us to holy living. So the Church of England getting ready to make it official. Any lifestyle you want to live, join our church. You're fine with God. Just throw the Bible out. Why are they doing that? Listen, because the polls from humans... Say, this is what you're going to do. And the picketing, this is what you're going to do. So the Church of England is going to respond by the fear of man instead of the fear of God. If you and I go to a church, and I'm far from perfect, you know that, every pastor here is. But can you imagine if a pastor fears what the people think more than what God says We're in deep trouble. And that's what's happened to our world. Many of those churches say, no, not interested in that kind of stuff anymore. That's outdated. You'll see at the end, that is not outdated. That's as fresh as the day it was written. Be glad that you're in a church, and there's plenty of them in our community, that fear God instead of fearing what you think. Well, I can't really say that in the church. Because they're going to leave, their money's going to leave. What are we going to do? That has never, because of my dad, as a pastor for 50 years, that has never crossed my mind. I'm going to put God first, whatever the cost. Whatever the cost. That's the way this church is built. Below me, 
right about here, when we put this building in, I took a Bible my dad gave me. I stand on my dad's Bible. I stand on it. It's not about my dad. It's about the Bible. It's the word of God. I stand on the word of God. I'm not going to dilute it as the rest of our world is doing. So many churches you go today, you will never hear difficult sermons. You won't even hear sin talked about anymore. But God gave us all of this. Peter is right up front with all of this. Now, verse 18. For you know that it was not with perishable things as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. Now remember, in those days, a slave, we were slaves to sin. We talked about that when we did our series on freedom. A slave would have to be redeemed. Somebody would have to offer money. Somebody would have to pay him with gold or silver to buy the, the rights of freedom from that slave. And Peter says here, oh, you, weren't, you weren't redeemed by somebody paying you money. You weren't redeemed by somebody, their good works. You can't become a Christian like that. And what he basically says there is this. Look at verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, that's what redeemed us. A lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world. That's an interesting statement. God had already have a plan that Jesus would come to this earth to die for the sins of mankind before he even created man. Why? Because his foreknowledge knew that Adam and Eve would sin. So before the foundation was here, the plan was already in place. This isn't like a second thought. Oh, Adam and Eve will sin now. What am I going to do? It was before the world was created. He already had a plan. Now notice, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for our sake. We understand it today. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now look at verse 21. Some of you have never done that in this service. You've never put your faith and your trust and your hope in God. I'm going to give you an opportunity. See, you can't be good enough. You can't get out of the freedom, the bondage of sin by yourself. And so the only escape came through the, the sacrifice of Jesus. Christ's death was the ransom paid for our spiritual deliverance. And no amount of good works can redeem you at all. Now, notice what he says. Let's go back here for a moment. Look what he says in verse 18. He redeemed you from the empty way of life handed down to you from ancestors. Let me explain that. Most of the people we think Peter's writing to are Gentiles. Gentiles in those days are unlike Gentiles today. Gentiles in those days were pagans. They had dead gods. And so what he says is to these people, no, you became a Christian, not because you believed what your mom and dad taught you, bow down to idols, worship idols, give offerings to idols, because that will never get you salvation. He says, you came to Christ and you left an empty way of life. Let me remind you, what was your life like? Before you came to Christ, you had no real purpose. You had no direction. 
You went down, and some of you are still doing that. You're going down all kinds of roads. And Solomon, the wisest man in all the world, richest man in all the world, did everything you could ever imagine that you can't afford to do. And he did that, and every road that he went down, riches, thousand wives and concubines. Think of that. Building, education, animals, everything. Every road he went down was a, that's it, dead end. Billy Graham calls our life before God this, empty, lonely, guilty, and the big one, afraid of death. If you're a Christian this morning, are you afraid of death? I am. I don't know how I'm going to die, but I'm not afraid after death because I have an inheritance absent from this body, present with the Lord. That's priceless because I don't have any fear. Pastor Mark, I don't fear death at all. You're an idiot because you're going to die. Well, I don't think so. I'm going to beat death. (laughs) Okay, have a nice life. You're going you're gonna to die. All of us are going to die. The, it's the unknown of how that's going to happen. But my times are in God's hands. Whatever. Sometime my grandpa died. And I've often said to God, please, my dad didn't die like this. My grandpa died. My grandpa was a pastor. And uh, he'd get up every morning. And uh, he'd have his devotions like at 530 in the morning. And he'd sit beside him uh, a glass of hot water. That was his constitutional. He'd just drink the water. And he'd have his devotions. One day, my grandma walked in, and here was my grandpa. He went to be with the Lord during devotions. I said to God, I'll take that one. <laughs> how many would join me? Come on, come on. How many? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we don't get to choose. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but however it happens, it doesn't matter because we know where we're going. These people had an empty way of life. And if you haven't come to Christ, your way is empty. You can fool yourself all you want. But when you get tired of hitting dead ends, come to Christ. He's patient. He'll come and allow you to have your life changed. Now, look at verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, Love one another deeply from the heart. See, God always had people as one of the main keys in life. The way I please God, you know my three priorities in life. God first, people second, and how we use our time. Because our time is so short. And Peter says, here's how you can say thank you to God. Make sure that you're loving people, believers and unbelievers. Everyday life includes all kinds of people. You know that. Some people are generous and they're kind. They're easy to love. They're easy to please people. But there's some other kinds of people. You know them. They're difficult to please. They're negative. They're cranky. Some people are just hard to love. Don't turn to your spouse now because I don't have time for marriage counseling. (laughs) 
Our salvation gives us a living hope, a desire for a holy life, and wonderful fellowship with the people of God. Let me read this to you, and we're going to practice it. How important to you do you think you are to God? Every single one of you, believer or unbeliever, you're made in the image of God. His desire for you is to spend eternity with him. He loved you. Jesus came one day, and he made it very simple. Peter heard this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Then this is the first and greatest commandment. And this is the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So when we see the great commandment, remember how the cross looks? Let's see if anybody remember the symbols we used to use. God's up here and our neighbor's here. Watch me. Love God and what? Love people. Let's practice it. Come on, everybody. Just hit that person next to you as a people when we go. Here we go. Love God. Come on. And love people. How? Deeply from our heart. Now, I don't know if that person you hit is one of the angry ones or the ornery ones. I really don't know. But maybe God's love through you touched them. Whatever. Now, I'm to love my neighbor as I love myself. What does that mean, Pastor Mark? When I take a picture of myself, it's called a, yes, oh, I love myself. Look at, I got, wait a minute, different vantage point, that's better. Get my good side, that's really good. I'm to love me, and I'm to love them the same. That's hard, because I don't really think about other people that much. I think about who? Me. Prove it to yourself. Time in the bathroom this morning. Now. Not just ladies, but men. Now, love is, first of all, a noun. It's emotion. When I used to do a lot of premarital for the kids that were getting married, you know, you'd, I'd say to them, define for me love. And here's this ooey-gooey, sticky kind of love. You know. <laughs> we're going to be perfectly happy. This is the best person in the world. Wow. And I'm sitting back there, okay. Way to the honeymoon. No, I'm just kidding. You should be like ookie gooey, 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 gooey when you're dating. But then I had to bring to the realization that love is not an emotion. It's a decision. And when you make a vow to the Lord, you vow a decision to the Lord. It's a determination. So it, it, is, a, it is a noun. It, is, it does have emotion, and that's a good thing for all of us. But there's something else. Look at this statement. Love is a noun, deep affection, but also a verb. And when we went through the storm, many of us showed love to our neighbors by helping raking, putting up crazy hurricane shutters, all those kinds of things. What did we just do as a congregation to Puerto Rico? We just sent them money to buy food and supplies. Still doing that. Why would we do that? It's love is a verb. I love you. If you say it to your wife, I love you, and never bring flowers home or candy home or whatever, or she never fixes your favorite meal. Love is just a word. No, you have to follow through with actions. That's what Jesus is talking about from our hearts. Look, at every person wants to belong, be needed, and be known and be loved. 
every single person. Thank you for being a church that loved people. That's a big deal today. Thanks for being a church that loved being around with people. Here's what sometimes happens. As I get near a sermon and get near the end, some of you have been coming long enough and you say to your spouse, he's almost to the end. (laughs) And here's what you do in your mind. On your set. (laughs) I'm going to the parking lot right there. There's the door. You run over people to get out of the parking lot quick. I know most of you don't do that. Thank you. Those of you that do, I have a camera. Linda and I are coming over to your house and teach you how to love people. No, I'm serious this morning. When you leave, it would be good for you just to smile at a person again. It's not one of these things. Oh, Pastor Mark, I love people. No, you love you. I'm hard on you. That's okay. But most of us, we just love being around people. Amen? We just love hanging out with people. And you guys do that. It's a joy. It's a joy. Now, look at verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living, enduring word of God. See, we're born because of the truth in the word of God. The word of God is living. It's active. It will never die. But notice this born again, verse 24. All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers. Picture your body. The flowers fall. But the word of God, the word of the Lord, endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Here's what I want you to write. Human life is short. That's what they're talking about. It comes from the Old Testament. It's short. You know it's short. It doesn't matter 70, 80, 90, 100. It's short compared to eternity. Incredibly short compared to eternity. But God's word is alive forever. Now, the Bible tells us that the word of God is living and active. Martin Luther used to say this. The Bible is alive It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. See, it's not just words. The word of God is the mind of God. This is why we're to thank God. How can I thank God? By living according to his living word. I'm doing what he said. Now, many of you know you have an Android or you have an uh, iPhone or iOS or whatever. And, and you're always getting these updates. How many know what I mean? You ain't getting these updates. I had one the other day again, and I said, no, 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 no. And eventually he says, we'll do it during the night. I said, okay, yes. And I scheduled it to be done during the night. Get up the next morning. It didn't take. I'm thinking, what's wrong with you guys? You wanted to do it at night? You, you failed it. What's wrong with you? Now, why is there an, a fix, an update on an iOS or Android? Why? Number one, fixes bugs. Stuff that wasn't right. Mistakes, they got to fix it. Number two, they're trying to make it work better. Something good. I want to say something to you. This will never need an update. Oh, yeah, it is. Pastor Mark is outdated. This 
needs no fixing. In fact, the Old Testament said it's perfect. It's alive. You will never find in this church us diluting the word of God, looking for a better way to live. There is no better way to live. It's defined right here. This is the book of life. That's what we follow. Every single pastor here. Now, the world outside does what? Exactly the opposite. From many pulpits today, there's a fear of man, not the fear of God. So they will dilute the word, as I already talked to you about. Well, when you see this verse, this makes me so happy. Look what this verse says. Therefore, we never stop thanking God, Paul writing to a church, that when you received his message from you, you didn't think of our words as merely human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course, Paul says, it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. Let me just remind you, I could send that letter to you this morning. All our pastors could do that, the elders. All scripture is God-breathed. It's powerful, it's relevant, it's useful. But see, you have to hear it. This is the seed that's imperishable. It goes right into your heart. And so many of you, you're absolutely making it. Notice what he says, which of course, and the word continues to work in you. You're changing. You're doing these five things we talked to you about. You're loving God. You're thanking him back. You're thanking him back. And I just want to say from my heart, I was thinking about it a lot yesterday. It's such an incredible privilege for me to teach you the living word of God. It's right in my heart. I'm humbled to get to tell you how to do life right. But it's not from me. It's from him. And don't forget that. Whatever you're going through today, he's there. He who began a good work in you, he's not going to fail you now. Right up to the end, he's going to be with us. And you can trust him with your life, just as you can trust the word of God with your life. The last verse I have for you, we already studied. But this is for some of you here. You've never experienced this. Let me read it to you. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. See, faith and hope in God means you were born again. Some of you have never been a Christian. Your faith and hope is in religion, good works, being a good person, that will never get you to heaven. You have no guarantee. You have absolutely no hope. There's nothing that will change your destination unless you are born again. Today, Pastor Mark taught about fear. He told us that there was a difference between godly fear and the fear we're most familiar with. We found out that there's a benefit to behaving with godly fear. We also learned about our need to be copiers, copying God and his actions and attitudes. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Well, this wraps up the sermon, God's Blessings Motivate Us to Holy Living. We learned about living our lives with obedience and godly fear. We need to remember the high cost God paid to redeem us and our obligation to live life His way. Beyond that, God has put within us the power to achieve the desires He has for us and to live the life He's planned for us. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series in 1 Peter, Living Life with Living Hope. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving